Well, bow your heads with me and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're grateful and we're so thankful for the privilege you have blessed us with just to be here today. We'd ask you, God, tonight to touch and bless each one that's in attendance here. I pray, God, that you'll go around this place and you'll fill our hearts to overflowing, God, not because we deserve, but because you are worthy. I thank you, God, tonight for the prayer requests that have been given, Lord. I know that you're in control of all things. And I just trust you tonight, God, to have your right of way and your will and the needs that have been spoken. I ask you, God, tonight, if you would, to just fill our hearts with your word and your, your verses, God, tonight that we have prepared for. But, Lord, this service belongs to you. And we want you to have full right of way and full control through the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. Have your will tonight, Father. And, God, may you be praised and may you be glorified, God, in it all. For we ask it all and we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to be in the book of 1 Corinthians tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, Chapter 7 of Corinthians um, is a book that speaks about the daily woes of God's people. The daily woes of God's people. That's W-O-E-S, woes. We all have woes in our life, don't we? We all have days when we wish they were a little better, and we have some days that we wonder why they're like they are, but we call them sometimes woes. But what this chapter 7 speaks about is, is Paul writing to the Corinthian people and letting him know that I want you to understand that you're not going through this trial and you're not going through these needs by yourself. You know, I don't know of any greater encouragement that we can have today then just as Paul declared back then that we need to be content in the things in our life. Now, contentment is surely a gift and a blessing from God. Would you agree? I know people that have the most valuable possessions that I've ever witnessed, but they're not content. It seems like they want something bigger and larger and more expensive. I know people that have nothing, and they are the same way. They want more, they want bigger, they want sometimes different. But you know, somewhere in the middle of there, there's those people that are representatives of Christ, that they are satisfied with what God provides. And I think sometimes we want God to provide, but we always ask God to provide it in an exploitative way. We want God to provide the best Why, we wonder sometimes, because we know He's God, right? But you know, sometimes God provides us what we need and not always what we want. And you know, the greatest thing in life tonight we need is to have a closer walk and a deeper relationship with Christ Jesus. That's what we need. And God knows what we need. He has furnished us a a nice warm place to come. He has furnished us with good clothes on our back, uh, shoes on our feet. He's furnished us with baths and, and, uh, and haircuts and hair washings and all the things that we need to maintain our life and our, and our hygiene. But we need tonight a cleansing internal in our spirit. And that's what I want to talk about. And that's what Paul spoke about in chapter 7. And I want to begin in verse 17. 
Paul says, but as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk. And so ordained I in all churches. In other words, he wanted to make sure what I'm sharing with you tonight is not about what I want for this church or particularly for that church or or maybe a couple more churches down the street. But what I want this to be known for is all churches that are followers of Christ. He says here, As the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk. The Lord hath called everyone. Now, I want to give some insight and understanding expound just a minute on that verse 17. It says here, uh, as the Lord hath called everyone. Now, it's not saying that he has called everyone. It says, as the Lord hath called everyone. We need to make sure we're keen into translation there. What it would be better translated as probably would be something in the effect of let us that have been called by God, uh, let us walk in God. Let us walk by the fruit. And it says in the latter part of verse 17, and so ordain I in all churches. It says in verse 18, is any man being called circumcised? Let him not be uncircumcised. Is any man called into uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. For circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping of the commandments of God. So what's he saying? He's saying, don't sit here and dwell on what God has not called you to do. You know, we can always get caught up in the law. We can always get caught up in what other people believe. But we always need to go back and we always need to reference what God's Word says. Amen? What God's Word says. He says in verse 20, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. That's a powerful verse with just a few words. It says again, verse 20, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Abide in the same calling. In other words, let us be content. Let us be satisfied in the calling that God has placed upon us in our life. You know, there was a program on TV a few weeks ago, and it was it was talking about uh, some churches and some ministers going into and to new uh, church uh, ordination, and and I'm not going to go into the denominational uh, beliefs or what have you of this church, but it was a it was a Protestant church, and and they went into talking about as they interviewed these these new uh, these new uh, preachers, if you will, these these ordained men of God and women of God. Uh, went into talking about one of them was interviewed and and uh, she said, you know, I'm not really sure this is what I want to do. And she said, so I'm going to try it for a while. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to have to just leave from here. Well, when I heard that, the first thing I thought about was a thing I learned many years ago as a young boy that if God calls you, God will equip you. And God won't call you to preach. God won't call you to teach. God won't call you to represent Him unless you be found faithful in God. And what I thought when I thought about that was that person is looking for a vocation in the church. A vocation is where you go because you're looking to receive a salary. If you know of any preachers, any pastors, anywhere, the reason they remain in the church is because they receive a good salary. I want you to know you need to share with them that they need to check up and be sure their purpose in being there is in serving God first. 
not the salary. You can't serve God and man. We have to serve God. We can't serve man because it represents many times money, doesn't it? It represents uh, the income. The Sure, we have to have the income. And I'm not faulting someone being paid as a minister. Please hear me clearly. What I'm faulting is this. Someone that is there exclusively for the reason of being sure that they're paid a great or a good salary that they're pleased with that accommodates their needs. I believe God's Word, every word from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation chapter 22. And in believing that in my heart, beloved, I believe that if God calls us, His Word says, He'll also will equip us for what our needs are. I believe that. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here today. If I didn't believe that, I probably wouldn't have woke this morning. I believe that God has His hands upon me, upon you, upon each of us tonight as believers. And if God calls a minister, if God calls a Sunday school teacher, if God calls a piano player, an organist, if God calls you in to serve Him in any capacity, I believe with all my heart, God is going to provide your needs. And you know what? I can give you testimony after testimony after testimony in what I say and what I've just said is true. So we need to always be sure, just as it says in verse 20, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. In other words, if we go in a different area of our faith or or we feel like we're going deeper sometimes, that word's used, and when I hear that word deeper into my faith, it kind of scares me. And I'll tell you why it scares me, because sometimes what people find is they're getting deeper in a denominational belief. You see, what we need to be deeper in, if we're deeper in Christ, is we need to be much deeper in our relationship with God. Our relationship. You know, it's so easy to know every word in this book and have it all memorized and get a six-figure salary every year preaching a large church and still go to hell. And still be heading to hell. You see, it's about the relationship that we have with God. It's about whether or not we've been redeemed through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It's not about the salary. It's not about the car we drive. It's not about the stained glass. It's not about the steeple. It's not about the pews we sit in. It's not about the color of the carpet. It's not about who the choir leader is. It's about Jesus, beloved. It's about Jesus. In verse 21, it says, Art thou called being a servant? Question mark. I love that verse. Care not for it, but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. Now, what's he saying? He's saying if you can't understand, if you can't feel free in calling yourself a servant for the Lord, you might need to check up inside. Because if you can't serve God, if you don't feel like you're a servant unto God, then, beloved, I'm not sure if you know God. Because truly, Jesus Christ Himself, from His own lips, if we go to the Gospel of John, He speaks clearly that He came into this world not as a master, but as a servant unto His heavenly Father. And you know, if our Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten of God, can make such a statement, we would have to have some very deep audacity to come out and speak and say, we're not a servant to anyone 
No one controls us is what you would be saying. God forbid we think that for a moment. It says in verse 22, For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Did you notice that word free man? What it means is this. It doesn't mean that you're not going to represent God. It does not mean you're not going to represent the Holy Ghost. It does not mean you're not going to represent the Lord Jesus Christ. What it means is that you're walking in the freedom of the Spirit of God. The free and the pureness of God's love. You know, I don't know of anybody any more wicked than a Christian believer that is downtrodden. Now, what I mean is this. Let me, let me hear me out before you start throwing things at me. So many times we want to look and ask God and say, God, I want you to perform this and Lord, I want to, I want to be the best singer in the group. And you know, you practice and you practice and you practice and it seems like even though you practice and practice, it seems like you never quite get where you think others around you are satisfied with. What I want you to know is that is the entire problem, what I just shared. We're always trying to want to seek the favor of others. And you know, we won't be free ever, beloved, if we seek the favor of others. We'll always be bound. Because others will always see us as second class. Always we'll be representative of second class. Because God sees our heart. The Word says that man looks on the outside, right? And God looks upon the heart of us. And if we in our lives are always trying to be servants of other people, we can't be a servant of man and a servant of God in the same day. Amen? It has to come as we represent Christ alone. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also, he that is called, being free, is Christ's servant. You see what the understanding there is? It's a little play on words Paul has. What he's saying is, either way, whether you serve Christ or whether you serve Christ in freedom, you're serving Christ. You're serving the power of the Most High God. It says in verse 23, it says, Ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. What's Paul saying? He's telling us that if Christ paid the ultimate price, He gave His life, He took upon Himself on the cross one day on a hill called Calvary, the sins of you and me and all this world, if Christ paid such a price that no one else could ever pay, how can we find ourselves to be servants of man? Plain and simple, beloved. If you serve man, you can't serve Christ as well. We have to search and seek our hearts every day to be sure what God is doing in our life is pleasing unto God or whether or not we're trying to search and seek after the will of man that live around us. So many times I find myself in churches or sitting on a pew and, and I find the whole service going on as I'm trying to sometimes intently listen to what the message is the pastor or, or the, the servant of God may be preaching or teaching. And you know, as I'm listening, I see other people doing a thousand different things. And you know, as, as a minister, I have been there at the pulpit many times and I've stood there and, and looked out over a large congregation just to find uh, certain ones or, or maybe talking on their telephone or certain ones or maybe in there uh, doing something with a card deck or something or somebody else might be in there whispering to somebody back and forth and they're just all in a distractive mode. But you know, Satan can use any of us if we allow him to. 
And sometimes, many times, he does. And I think that's truly what Paul wanted us to understand here, because he says, Ye are bought with a price, but not ye the servants of man. That great price that has been paid for your salvation, if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, is greater than any man could ever suffice. So many times, I think, beloved, we always want to know that we have a relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, but sometimes we also think we have to also have the approval of man to go with it before we're complete. And I want you to know tonight, if you have the approval of man in your life and you're serving God with all of your heart, your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit, as he says, I want you to know tonight you're a blessed human being. God has truly met your needs in a mighty way. But there are so many people that are satisfied, and that's what I want to close with tonight, this thought. There's so many people that are satisfied pleasing men, just doing what they think other people really like, what other people appreciate. But you know what? As I've said a million times, and I'll say it one million and one, if we don't line our lives up with the Word of God, beloved, we're walking off the path. We have to do what God's Word teaches us, and this is a powerful teaching that Paul has given the Corinthian people tonight. He says in verse 24, and I close with this, Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide in God. Again, brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide in God. That's verse 24 of chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians. What Paul's saying in such simple terms is every one of us that are called by God, every one of us that are representative of Christ, we need to also abide in God. Now, if we take that word abide and we work that translation into a way that makes a modern word in our modern times, our modern day of worship, the word abide there would change into a consistent or a steady or a daily walking path. A daily walk. You know, I hear people sometimes where I work, sometimes where uh, I may attend a church service or sometimes just out in the general public. I hear some people saying, well, uh, how are you doing? Well, I'm not doing too good. I was doing okay yesterday, but I'm not doing good today. Well, just the fact that we had breath in us, I want you to know we're blessed because, you know, that's a gift from God all right by itself. You know, but it's hard sometimes when we're in despair to see the goodness of God, isn't it? It's so easy sometimes to praise Him on the mountain. But sometimes when we get in the valley, we can't ever look up. We seem to have trouble just lifting our head up and our eyes to heaven and saying, God, thank You. Thank You for the valley, Lord. But, beloved, I want you to know tonight, if we did not walk in the valley, we would never have our hands in God's hands. Amen? We wouldn't have a need to call on Him. We wouldn't have a need to serve Him because we'd feel like everything that we had need of, we could accomplish through our own deeds. And I want you to know right now, that is a true lie from hell. Every one of us in our lives tonight as a servant of the Most High God, we should have a total dependence upon God. There should be nothing between us that we feel like man can suffice and man can provide because we need to seek our strength, our hope, our promise, our love, our grace, and our heart of thanksgiving all from the portals of God, from the glory and the goodness of God. And I trust tonight that's right where you're living. 
That's where we need to live. That's what Paul's telling these Corinthian people. is You need to understand that you need to be content in your circumstances. You need to be content in knowing that God has the needs that you have need of taken care of. And I think sometimes it's so easy for us to say, uh, I look around and say once again, it's so easy to say, uh, she's doing so good. And, and you might hear somebody whisper, you know, I don't never see them come to church anymore. But look, they got a brand new automobile. Oh, they bought a new home. They had a pool in their yard. You hear all kinds of things. You hear all kinds of things. And you know what? Just because people have earthly blessings, beloved, it doesn't mean anything, hear me well, it doesn't mean anything about how pure their heart is. All it means is that they have been blessed and likely don't recognize the blessing. You know what I think? A conversation I had with my father just a few weeks before he passed away was one of the strongest life lessons my dad ever taught me. We were sitting together one day at his house and he was sitting over there on the couch and I was sitting across from him in a chair. And he said, Billy, he said, I want you to know one thing. I tried and your mama tried to do our best we could by you three boys. We didn't provide you the best of everything, but we provided you the best that we could provide for you and everything. And I thought that was such a true statement. And you know, my daddy made a statement next, and he said, I know many times I failed you as a father. I know many times you probably have been disappointed in me as a father. And my daddy kind of choked up, and he started, he started crying a little bit. And I said, Daddy, I said, I don't know where this conversation's going, but I want you to know this. If I live a hundred years, or if I live another year, or if I live just one more day, and I find, Daddy, my life, that I live is as half the man that you have lived and half the person of God that you have tried to live as. Daddy, my life, I will consider to be a complete success. And you know, when I said that, my daddy got up and he could barely walk and he come over and he opened his arms around my neck. He said, you know, I really appreciate that. And I told my daddy this. I said, Daddy... Never doubt one thing, whether you're here on this earth or whether you're in heaven. What I've just shared with you is how God loves us unconditionally. Because, you know, I know I as a parent, I as a husband, I as a son, as a grandson, as a great-grandson, I have made so many mistakes in my life. I confess that before you and God every day if you'll just ask me. I don't have no problem confessing that because I am not a perfect man. I never have been, and I never will be here on this earth. But I do know one thing. I serve a perfect God. And I do know that if I have a need in my life, and I do know where my shortcomings is, God makes up for the difference. Amen? And I know the power that I have invested in me tonight comes from heaven. And I'm thankful for that. The power in you tonight of salvation, it surely comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ only. The words come to my mind, in Christ alone. In Christ alone. Would you bow your heads with me tonight for a closing prayer? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful, we're so humbled by the sweet spirit tonight we feel in this place. I would ask you, Father, if it be your will that you would just continue to pour out your strength and your grace and your love upon each one of us here tonight.
Lord, if there's ever been a day that we've needed encouragement, Lord, it surely is today. And I would ask you, God, if it be your will, just allow these words to leap off the pages as penned by the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church and allow us, God, to have keen and complete and upright understanding of each verse. I pray, God, just as I've spoken unto the ears and to the minds of these precious people, I pray, God, you'll take this text and, God, you'll just take it and through the power of the Holy Ghost, just allow it, Lord, to live in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for answering prayer in so many ways. And, Lord, just allow us to be content, Father, in the situations in our life, Lord, even though sometimes, Father, around other people it may seem in despair. But, God, through you, all things are possible. And, God, through you, we're so grateful. And tonight, Father, our heart is filled with the grace and the thanksgiving that can surely only flow from heaven's gate. Have your right of way. Have your will in every one of our hearts and lives tonight, Father. And, Lord God, I surely pray tonight in an invitation that you would just redeem and save a lost sinner tonight if it be your will. Have your right of way and have your will in their lives. Convict their spirit and their soul. Draw back unto you, Father, the backslider. Father, draw back unto you, any of us, Father, that have walked away and gotten on the wide path of destruction. Lord, draw us unto you through your love and your peace on that narrow path heading towards that narrow gate that leads unto heaven's glory. Thank you, Father, tonight for loving us. Father, thank you for saving and redeeming us. And we ask it all, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.